The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. That? That's mine. Good Lord. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 1700 The Champ. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. Quit touching my knobs. Lord. Not to be confused with. Oh, great. We're getting I'm getting a complete reverb. I'm hearing myself three seconds late. Anyway. Well, since you uh, hear yourself in that fashion all the time anyway, what does it matter? How's this? Much better. Okay. Now that it was probably turned up in the studio. Okay. Not to be confused with the actual Hawkeye huddle, which is like the party they have on the road because we got a message from some guy today. Hey, when's your party at Michigan? It happens every year. And I'm still getting, I'm still hearing myself in the, uh, I'm still hearing myself. Back in the studio, guys, turn down the, can you turn down the speaker, please, if that's the problem? Um, anyway, Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton, this is going to drive me nuts. I have to take the headset off. Good Lord, you're such a I, professional. I can't hear you. If you can hear yourself, like, right after you say something, it's screwy. All right. Hey. Oh, jeez. No on. game this week. No. I would. Uh, Hawks are still 3-0. and It's a good thing, huh? Iowa destroyed the bye team. Hawks by a million in the bye. And uh, in that process, moved up four spots in the uh, polls. Crazy how that works, huh? Moved up to 14 in both polls. Um, they'll take on Middle Tennessee State. One and two into this game on Saturday, 11 o'clock ESPN 2. And uh, Middle Tennessee State thumped by Duke this last week, I believe. And, of course, they were beaten by Michigan uh, after only trailing 21-17 to 17 at halftime up in Ann Arbor a couple of weeks ago. So Middle Tennessee State in here. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, obviously not a ton of football to talk about since the Hawks didn't play this week. But we can talk about what happened around the Big Ten as well. And uh, get you set. The big news today for Iowa is just literally who's in and who's out for this upcoming week. They tried to get healthy over the bye week, and it sounds like uh, they ended up sort of trading one in and trading one out. Cole Banward is going to start this week uh, at the right guard position, so he's back after not having been able to play all year. And yet Kyler Schott, who has been able to go in there and start for him, is out uh, of this game with an injured foot. Looks like they're going to miss Schott now for a couple of weeks at least. Matt Hankins uh, is at least another week away, uh, and Alaric Jackson is at least another week away. Uh, it sounds like maybe both do have a chance to play at Michigan. And then uh, Brady Reef is still out, and, of course, Brents and Moss. Those guys are still a couple of weeks away well, at least. So Moss is, yeah. like, November. Uh, yeah, probably. Right. So uh, Kirk said today, you know, he looked out there, and he's a little, half my defensive backfield is walking around street clothes. He said, so, you know, they're, they're, they have noticed that perhaps they're a little thin on the defensive backfield, which is fine for this game, although Middle Tennessee State does throw the ball around a little bit, but uh, and they've got a quarterback who completes 70% of his passes. But you want to get him back for Michigan, obviously, because if you can slow Michigan down, which I think Iowa can, it appears the Wolverines are vulnerable no matter where they play. Well, <laughs> basketball this whole band thing with iowa state okay and so gary barda addressed this today and uh, with a number of media members which is basically look we're still investigating all of this stuff we still got stuff going on we don't know what happened but if something happened that would be bad wayne you can't talk to me i'm on the radio Seriously, <laughs> we'll discuss this at five six or six sixteen whatever it is you want to talk about 
Okay. That's fine. We don't, we don't take callers for a specific reason. Or even walk up. This is an all-timer. It's 5.15 and we have yet to talk about anything. It's 6. Yeah, right. It's, it's so we are on the radio. So, um, <laughs> uh, there are many fans here at G-Mix coming up. Yeah, yeah it's good. Anyway, so this whole band thing, we don't know what really happened. But here's, here's the part that's kind of, I mean, and we don't. We have no idea. Here's one thing I will say. I am sure that when fans have gone to Iowa City that there have been some drunk jag bags who have acted poorly. Term? I'm trying to find a, a way to swear but not swear. Who have acted terribly towards Iowa State fans. And the band. Uh, I don't know that, but yes, maybe so. I suspect. I suspect. Okay. I, um, I behaved horribly against the Florida band you, in an Outback. You home. did, but they were bringing it on you. Anyway, well, regardless, you I should acted have... terribly towards the Florida students in the hot tub at the uh, Hyatt Regency with us after. No, it was a it was a uh, embassy, uh, embassy suites. suites. <laughs> you, you, Whatever. Yes. Anyway, my point is, I don't care. I literally don't care what happened before. That was wrong. Jamie Pollard, Iowa State Athletic Director. You can't. What you can, but you act as if you're a child. You are being a little baby boy by turning around going, well, they did it to us. I don't really care. You know, if something bad happened, I don't really care. It happens when our band goes to Iowa City. That is not accepting responsibility and telling your fans to lay off. And I don't care if you both did the same thing. In this situation, we have no idea, and you have no idea what happened. I saw a very small portion of a video that shows the band Marching out. marching out of the Jack Trice Stadium, they did decide to go out a quote unquote different way than was recommended. I don't. Uh, well, I don't. they went out where the football team goes out, right? They march. That's where the teams go out towards the locker well, room. I they march past. They were supposed to go to the east side for whatever reason, but who cares? Uh, the, the, I mean, they walked out. There was a mass of humanity out there, and they were they were treated poorly. And we don't and, know we don't know how poorly. We don't know, but that doesn't mean I mean we that do you live in a, a bit of a snowflake society with uh, children and, and people of that age, but I'm not that doesn't make it right. No, and on top of that, you may be right, right? It may be that these kids got a little, little they got their feel it's possible they just got their feelings hurt and they're making we don't know. But that's where I come into this thing where I'm sorry as the leader of the Iowa State Athletic Department, you apologize, not in a tongue-in-cheek kind of, well, whatever type of way, but do it earnestly instead of doing it like the little punk that you are, the little brother that you are. Iowa State and their fans, I was listening to them on the radio on the way over here, acting as little brothers. Oh, yeah, well, you know, what's ru- I'm rubbering your glue, what? What uh, you say bounces off me and sticks on you. I mean, it's literally this kind of. I can't well, they believe did it you first. knew that saying. I can't even remember. They, it's just literally. Uh, and if Iowa did it, I would own it, and I would say yes. This year, it happened. It was a bad thing. You, you want to know not, something? And, but and, and, we're still talking about this a week after this sort of c- came out. It just popped up on. ES- we're sitting here, and it scrolls across the bottom of ESPN. That's why we're talking about it. I mean, because I, that's what came out of the Cyhawk game. I, I understand that. I What I'm, and if su- I were fan, if what I'm, I'm suggesting is I can't believe that we're still talking about it. 
we all know that Gary Barta's PR department in the, in the athletic department at University of Iowa could learn a thing or is two. not good. Yes, um, they don't <laughs> get they don't get ahead of things. They don't do anything apparently in the right order. Somebody joked today they're wondering when Gary Dolphin will be suspended over this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he was playing yes. C sharp instead of yeah, exactly G minor. But regardless, I mean, yeah. And emotions are high, and the band's playing a fight song as they walk through a bunch of Iowa State fans. What do they expect is going to happen? doesn't mean they shouldn't get um, punched or a rib broken, beer thrown on them, those sorts of things. But the verbal taunts and those kinds of I mean, that is going to happen every, every town that they go to uh, and, on the road. And, and, and the, even potentially in a bowl game, depending and, upon where I'm sitting. And you've seen me do this, and I know if my son Andrew were sitting here, he may call in. But he probably won't. But he may call in and say that we have had for a while there, for a couple of years, we had a guy that sat up and to the left of us for all home games. Right. Who was, for all intents and purposes, maybe the worst Iowa fan on the face of the earth. Aside from complaining about everything that happened to Iowa, everything good Iowa did, he was on the opposing fans left and right. And I frequently turned around and told him to his face to shut his trap. And people around me applauded several times, and then he would be back. And then a couple times later, he finally, because people got on him. So listen, I'm just, I'm just going to wear it, right? But Jamie Pollard is not going to wear it. We used to teach our kids when, we, when they were played baseball. He got, hit, got hit in the leg, walk to first base, wear it, walk it off, and own whatever happened, right? But right. instead, no. The, well, you this, this clearly to, to bothers you more. Want, it, it bothers it, you more than it bothers me, and, it, and it, it bothers me that they're. It, it bothers me. We're still talking about okay. it. People, to people the kid are. who, to the kid who got hurt or whatever, he needs to go to the proper his band director and or the activities director or the athletic director. Have that conversation. If he needs to go to the police or the hospital and release those records, he should do that as well. And and the last piece I will put on that is. So Gary Barda has attempted to kind of try to smooth things over here, and people got on him last week for it. Not that he handled it great, but here's the thing. What do you want him to do? I mean, there's no evidence of this at all, right? So it's just kids talking. It literally is. And, and so there's no evidence that we've seen of this at all. So all we can do is say it may or may not have happened. So what do you want them to do? What do you, and you might say, well, what do you want Jamie Pollard to do? The only thing I want him to do is not immediately pronounce that, well, it happens everywhere, so it's okay. You know, it's just that's the only thing I want him to do is to say well, this I, is serious. I, I don't. I believe yeah. that he tried to couch it in a manner that I know it happens because it's happened to them in Iowa City. Therefore, thus, it may be understandable that it happened in Ames. Yeah, it's not the way. Yes, that's his couch. It also didn't come across that way. Either way, okay. Putting that behind you, Iowa State went out one seventy-two to twenty this week, uh, which demonstrates that forty-four points in the second half. Yeah. Now, I missed the second half because I, I was at the Missouri-South Carolina game doing tailgating stuff. I caught the first half in the hotel and left. I, I knew they had the game well in hand, but I missed how they, they did all of that. However, what it does demonstrate a little bit is I think I, I still think, even with all the guys who were out and all the troubles, I think Iowa played a, a pretty good defensive football game up there in Ames. Well, I think they played a and, great defensive football game, and I think they played a really, really good football team. I do too. I think at the end of the year we might look back and say, um, outside of Wisconsin, maybe Penn State, Iowa State may be the third best team that Iowa played all season. It's if you if you're right now. I 
That, right. That's how I would rank well, it. I mean, granted, we'll see how some of the teams develop. I'm certainly not looking at Nebraska being, the, you know, if you go yeah, on the road, you win. Yeah, they're a gauntlet. Yeah, I mean. Good Lord. I, I, it was if a, they play like they played against Illinois, they might get beat by 50 at home. <laughs> Ohio State may beat them by 50. They're only like 15-point favorites, aren't they? Right. Well, we, I'm not going to say. We, Appar- we, apparently, they think this game is in 1995. Apparently. I mean, I, we watched a good deal of that, of course, on Saturday night as well, and, and it, was, it, it, was, it was shocking how bad they looked, right? Right. It was. All right, we'll come back. We're going to check in with Tom Caker to HawkeyeReport.com. We'll do a lot more Hawkeye football, actually, in the uh, next 40 minutes. We'll be back on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700, the champ. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700, the champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we are really back here at G-Migs in West Des Moines. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. We really are back, aren't we? I uh, believe so. We are, we are still connected. The lights are still flashing. All right. <laughs> we have nobody over here. Trying to talk to us while we're on the air, so that's a, that's a, that's a, well, not that we don't love our fans. It's we good do. to train them. It is good. Train them young. They would understand where we are and what we're doing. And the Cubs are playing ba- baseball for one of the last few times of the year, which has been a while since we've had to say that uh, as you head into the postseason. But uh, in any case, we'll, uh, we'll we'll leave that for another time uh, because this is our segment with Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com, who uh, we're crossing our fingers. We're pretty sure that he's on the line with us now. I good afternoon, this. Tom. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, we can hear him very well, too. How are you doing today, Tom? Doing terrific. Good to hear. So my question is, what was the most interesting thing you heard today when in Iowa City for the in media day The events? bi-week media event. <laughs> it wasn't very interesting. Maybe the most interesting thing was you kind of were hoping that Kirk would come out and say, yeah, guys are healthier, you know, Hankins is back, and you get Avon Merriweather, and, you know, all these different guys are ready to play. Larry Jackson could see some spot duty, and really it was uh, a lot of guys are still on the sidelines. So that's, you know, a little bit troublesome, and even Kirk kind of um, hinted at it a little bit uh, that, uh, you know, it's just frustrating to have all these guys standing on the sidelines and not out there at practice this week. So, Tom, I, by my count, Iowa has three safeties. Geno Stone, <laughs> Jack Kerner, and number one, who you might fill myself and anyone else who's listening to the huddle right now, who is number one on the Hawkeye roster? Well, West of Orrick. West of yeah. And he is a product of the Dvoraks from? He's from South Dakota. Okay. Well, that's and cool. Walk-on kid. Yeah. So we have two walk-on safeties, basically. Play, basically. Wow. Yeah, it's obviously very thin at the safety position. You know, they still got Devontae Young is back there, too. Don't forget about him. So they've, you know, got some bodies back there. But obviously it would be much better if they had uh, a little more health at, uh, at that position. But um, as long as they... Um, you know, those guys don't make big mistakes. That's the big thing with Kirk is just guys don't make a whole lot of mistakes back there. I think he's, he's okay. And I, I just, you know, I've learned over the years, you just kind of trust Phil on the back end. And, uh, Phil Parker usually gets his guys ready to go. And even if they might make a mistake, they tend to 
learn fairly quickly. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. He does. You're right. Even if they make a mistake, he does seem to have them understanding generally where they're supposed to be. And from a skill position, uh, you know, when they're when they're recruiting, they're looking at guys that can turn their hips. They're looking at guys that do their shoulders correct. They're looking at all this these intangibles, so they don't have to teach them that when they get there. Well, it'll be it'll be a little thinner, but you know, Tom, there is a possibility that uh, Kirk they are they are going to hold some of these guys out this week, even, and they've just made that decision. Uh, possibly a Larry Jackson, possibly Hankins back next week when they go to Michigan. It sounds like that's that's okay. And then uh, anybody worried about uh, the running back situation? Uh, nobody's hurt there, even though I think there was a bandage on uh, on Makai Sargent uh, during the Iowa State game. Yeah, the running backs are healthy. Um, did talk to Makai about that uh, about that wrist thing, and uh, he really didn't have much to say about it, other than he fell on it, and that's how it got hurt. But he was never really um, worried a whole lot about it. In fact, we found out that he's a natural like lefty. And so he's pretty comfortable carrying the ball in that hand and didn't really uh, impact him uh, much at all, even though <laughs> before the game everybody was saying he had a broken wrist and wasn't going to play. Right. You know, Emmett Smith always carried the ball in his left hand. He did. He did, always, no matter where he was going. I, did he carry a sack of flour around too so he wouldn't I don't. I don't I, know. I don't Just know. Okay. Uh, I, I, interesting I, side I, note. I, I didn't know that. Did you know that dogs and bees can smell I fear? do know that. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't either. Well, it, one of the things I know Kirk was to ask a little bit about today, Tom, so the, Iowa with those with those running backs, there's four of them now. And something he said was that uh, those guys aren't aren't counting sta- snaps. They're all being really good about it. I think that's that's it's really, I mean, Torn Young's still listed as a second uh, tailback, and uh, Tyler Goodson's not even on the depth chart, but he's playing. Iowa's got a wealth of uh, running backs there, and right now they, they seem to all be happy with the situation. Uh, but that's got to be a tough thing for the coaches to figure out who, who they want where and at what point in time. Yeah, it is. It's kind of a you know a hot handish kind of thing uh, right now. At least that's kind of my belief is that it's more of a hot hand and opponent, uh, what the opponents do. Um, I, I still think Makai's obviously the – the top guy at the depth chart, at the top of the depth chart, and I think Torn is still uh, number two. But depending on the game, um, you know, if they're going to throw the backs a little more, you'll see more Ivory Kelly Martin. If you need somebody who's a little more elusive, you might see Tyler Goodson if they want to continue to develop him. So they've got options. And like you said, the guys just, you know, uh, winning kind of keeps discontent sure. of any sort uh, at a – at a low level, so as long as they keep winning, um, you know I think they're everybody's going to be fine with it, and um, and that's really the bottom line. And, and I even talked to Monty Jones about that today. Just you know, he's kind of a situational guy, and as a senior leader, you know, his last year, he might get a little frustrated, but he is not at all. He's just you know, I'm going to embrace this role and and do what I can and be a good teammate. I would also tell you, Tom, that I bet he's the only defensive lineman who's on the kickoff team on any Power Five conference. <laughs> Might be. I mean, it's you know, and he does a terrific job with that. He's just a really good, positive, upbeat leader for the football team, and uh, I know he's just really well respected among his teammates. Uh, so, 
Um, I, I think uh, you know he's a he's a great role model for those guys that just kind of embrace the role and uh, and figure out a way just to help the team in any way they can. Isn't it? Uh, I I'd have to look around. I have not paid attention to this on other college football teams. It just occurred to me. Iowa has a lot of guys that switch positions and take take one for the team. They do things. Keith Duncan sat for two years before he's had this opportunity to come back and play after making one of the biggest kicks in Iowa football history, right? Um, you got Jones, who was supposed to be the starter last year as a linebacker. He sat for the year, ended up, you know, until he's getting a good deal of playing time now. You got uh, uh, Tyler Linderbaum, who suddenly is no longer a defensive lineman. He's a center, you know? Well, and Drew, Drew Cook, Drew I mean, Co- it, it goes go on and on. I, it seems like, and maybe this is the type of recruiting they do, Tom. I don't know. It just seems like Iowa has... Uh, a, a, just has a, a gluttony of guys who are willing to go do what it takes to win football games and, and to be part of the team, even if they have to wait their turn. Yeah, it speaks to the character of those guys, I think, more than anything else. And it also speaks to the culture and the program where team is before uh, individual. Um, but I also think it, it really speaks to their recruiting and recruiting the right guys, the guys that are going to be willing to, to sacrifice a little bit, uh, maybe individual glory or uh, their love of a specific position, and and then just look for a way to, to help the team and get on the field if they can, uh, doing it that way. So it's a real, uh, it's a positive statement about those kids and about the culture, in my opinion. You know, Tom, I was watching the Bears play, as I'm sure you were on uh, last night, and you notice how Khalil Mack is ostensibly the right defensive end, but lines up there maybe half the time. Do you think that Phil Parker and the coaching staff has considered moving A.J. around beyond just in that Raider package where they all are moving around? Yeah, I I think he's probably considered it. Um, I just don't think he's ready to do it yet. Um, He'll move them a little bit, like stand up, kind of thing or whatever on third down sometimes. Uh, you know, there was even a situation, I think it was yeah. in, the, in the last game where he was, like, playing out in coverage and they took him off the rush and had him uh, out, uh, you know, kind of basically playing like a linebacker. So um, they'll move him around a little bit. They'll try, I, they've try. they tried to do some stunts and different things like that to, to free him up, and I, I think that's probably the most logical option for him based on what they've done right now, as opposed to you know, maybe moving them to the other side or um, putting them at tackle or anything like that. We'll go in a little different direction. We don't have a lot of recruiting to talk about. You notice that? Right. Normally, Tom, been on the show for 16 years with us, we're talking recruiting right now. It's all but done right now. So we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later in Unless he's got something interesting. Hey, the rest of the, of the league was on display this week, Tom. We could watch a little football because Iowa wasn't playing. Have you revised in your mind your season prediction based on a few of the things that you've observed out of, say, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Michigan, Northwestern, teams on Iowa's schedule who look either better or worse so far than what we thought maybe going into the year? Yeah. Uh, I, in fact, I'm probably going to just gonna revise it. it? <laughs> yeah, I, I probably will, um, you know, maybe this week. Just um, I might wait until next week, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but it, clearly Michigan is not the Michigan we thought they were. And so that opens up next week for Iowa, I think. 
I don't think Penn State is as good as everybody kind of anointed them after week one when they pummeled a bad Idaho team. Uh, you know, I've I picked that as a win already, but I, I think it's more winnable. Northwestern, uh, you know, I think is a win for Iowa now. I, I That was going to be a, you know, a dogfight, as it always is in Evanston. Um, but I, I've kind of revised that a little bit in my mind. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I actually picked Iowa to win at Wisconsin this year, and I don't see that happening now. But uh, right. I think that's kind of the de facto a Big Ten West title game at this point, uh, and at least in my mind. And Nebraska, I think, is is not as good as maybe I thought they could be early in the year. And I, I don't know that I bought into the hype, but I just thought they would be better. And I don't think that they are. Um, so just from they that perspective. so many turnovers you know, the and other penalties. Thing, you know, the other thing that I, I really saw this past weekend watching a lot of football uh, especially Big Ten football, is other than Justin Fields, Nate Stanley is the second best quarterback in the Big Ten, and I don't even I, know that it's all that close. I, I you know, and well, and the kid at Wisconsin's playing very well, but I would agree with you, yeah, Tom, I, very I, much so. Yeah, you yeah, know, he's more of a function of that system, though, than he is. He's taking advantage of having a uh, All-American running back yeah. uh, that, that changes everything for him. Yeah, he, that opens everything up, right? Cause, right. Because that's – and really opens everything up for them, right? Now, I, you know what, Tom? I, I think at this point, you know, going into the year, he was my question mark, could he be good or could he be really good as far as Nate Stanley? I think he's played very well. And on top of that, I don't think there's anybody a whole lot better. So that's a, it's a, it's a good thing for Iowa. All right, we're going to take our – we're going to take Tom, I assume Tom. you've got the Hawks beating yeah, uh, know, MTSU. Uh, yeah, I haven't figured out a score yet, but I think I was going to cover the twenty-four. I would agree. Don't go there. Well, oh, you just threw out. Your, oh, uh, that's your, called a tease oh, in the radio the business. All right. Hey, Tom, we'll check you next week before we get ready for Michigan. Okay. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank All you, right, thank Tom. You. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport dot com, and uh, it is interesting because many years this was a recruiting talk. Uh, at least every week, a little bit of a recruiting talk. Right now, they've got like one or two guys that they're still after. One's a big tight end, and he's choosing between some of the top three or four schools in the country. I was on the list because why? We're tight end you, right? Other than that, um, there's not a lot left. So, no, no, a not for basketball. The... We'll get into that, but there's they're down to not very many. There. When when do they sign now? Uh, late like there's late November. December. There's a Nova, isn't there a late November? Yeah, or something period? like yes. that. Yeah, right. And so I always got I think nineteen or twenty kids lined up, and they, they, they might lost, have more than that. Yeah, they lost one to decommitted. He was a decommit from Minnesota to Iowa. Now he's Wisconsin. That's okay. That's too bad. But other than that, they've had these guys on for quite a while. And uh, so anyway, we'll uh, we'll run them down for you in, in, in a couple of weeks. But uh, it, it is a, a little different situation these days, and I think Kirk loves it because. It's really good for Iowa lining up guys that are Iowa type of character kids they want with the right kind of uh, athleticism they still want. And it allows him to not have to go to watch seniors. He can go to Ankeny last week and see the junior wide, I think he's a junior, wide receiver. Brody? Yeah. Yeah, right. Who appears to be very good. Yeah, he appears to be really, really good. And there was, uh, where I saw somebody else posted a picture of one of the, like Brian Ferentz. I don't know. No well, they were, uh, well, was uh, he at Joaquin Valley or something like that? I think uh, no. I think Brian. I think Kirk came over to Joaquin Valley so he could uh, check in. Kirk, well, maybe not. He Kirk was an Ankeny. Yeah, 
Well, and he ended up, one of them uh, ended up going to watch in Dowling Place. They could visit uh, Gavin Williams. And, and uh, I know they're in on uh, uh, the young bowlers kid out of uh, Tiffin right now, Clear Creek Amanda, whose father played at Iowa. Boy, you just can't imagine that he's not going to be interested in, in being a Hawkeye. He's been a fan all his life. He's lived right there. His dad played for the Hawkeyes. But he's he's a four- or five-star t- type of kid. Well. So, uh, so he's got everybody in the country recruiting him. So we'll do, see. Do you think he's had dinner at the Lark? Uh, it's gone. In his lifetime. Yes. Well, I don't know. When did it go away? It burnt down once. They rebuilt it. And then it went out of business. That beats me. I had dinner at the Lark uh, the night before I played Indiana in 1990, and Bobby Knight was there. It was his favorite restaurant in the Big Ten. I was there for my birthday, which was the 10th, and it was like the 7th. Did you throw a chair at him or a booth or anything? I I did not. I probably, I think I heard him drop four or five F-bombs at the waitress and uh, order another beer, and that was the end of that. Anyway, all right, we'll be back. (laughs) Talk some other, because you said for MTSU on the Hawkeye Huddle on 1700, the champ. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700. The Champ, real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here at G-Mix. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. here on the Hawkeye Huddle, 1700. The Champ. Miss any portion of the program, especially the wonderful opening where we could, couldn't quite hear. Check it out at thehawkeyehuddle.com. Tomorrow the podcast will be up. You can come back and check out. All the great stuff here. I want to thank the great folks at G-Migs here for having us in again this week. They'll be hosting us each week through the basketball season on Tuesday night, 6 to 7 o'clock. You can stop by and say hi, preferably when we're off the air. Or before. Or before, or like during commercial breaks. Uh, we love you, but, you know, it's a little hard to do the show when you're talking to us when we're on the air. Other than that, we're good with that, and we want you to stop by here at G-Migs. And uh, it, it, not only now, but uh, you want to come watch football. This is a place to watch football. Lots of TVs and this is a superior food. I understand a great breakfast. You come here for breakfast. I do a lot, quite don't you? quite often on the weekends. And let's also uh, thank Kozlowski Law, and uh, hopefully on Thursday we'll have some exciting news about a new sponsor. Is that Thursday? It is. That'd be good. Yeah, it'd exciting. be really good if you found one. Hey, listen, hey, you're in the sales oh, business. Please. You know how to sell. You for know. those of you who've been with us for 16 years, you know that Ridge has found one, uh, two. I got well, I got two. <laughs> But yes, it's not been. It's not my strong suit. Um, anyway, you know, either way. So, so we got eleven minutes to so, break down uh, well, a couple- I- Iowa, Iowa versus Middle Tennessee State. Here is a here is a question. You just cut me off. I cut myself off. She looked at me and she went the other. You gave her the no and she took off. Well, wave your hand right, in, anyway. Yes, go ahead. Here's a trivia question: Where is MTSU located? <laughs> I don't even know. Murfreesboro, uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Actually, it's, oh, interesting. All right. What so, color Raiders are they? Well, they're Blue Raiders. The Blue Raiders. They're Blue Raiders. All right. And by the way, they were a step away from uh, from uh, the uh, from winning the Conference USA Championship last year. Which would have put them in the Blue Bonnet Bowl? Uh, I don't know where it would have put them. But it, no, they would have been the power. They would have been the group of five representative. They had a good team last year, and, they, and Central Florida, of course, has had a good team off and on for, you know, or been on for several years now. Largest university in the country, Central Florida, by the way, like 80,000 students. If you can walk and chew gum and maybe make your mark, I'm I, not saying you can write your name, but make your mark, they'll take you. I think if you're a Florida resident, it, it costs something like $1,000 yeah, to go there. It's, it's ridiculous. So it's a big school. Anyway. 
Middle Tennessee State lost them in the conference championship in the last, like a double overtime thing or something like that. They're one and two this year. They're not quite as good, but they have a new quarterback who does complete 70% of his passes. He's also their leading rusher. So I think you're probably going to see a little bit of the read option out of them this week. Is there any chance we're going to key on that guy? I just think we might. And I, th- I think one thing to br- one thing to think about, and, and Iowa players commented on this a little bit, was at Iowa State, and when it appeared that they weren't getting a lot of pressure, just their, with their general pass rush, they, they they were slipping and sliding around, and they were like, you know, my feet are going out from under me, so they started dialing up the other stuff. I think you're going to start to see Iowa get more pressure with their regular front four than than we've done it might not be this week because they may not try well if you can if you can equate pressure by just bull rushing doing uh, normal things without uh showing and tipping your hand that would be beneficial because i i don't think there's any question that this is a tune-up game for the start the real start of the big 10 season even though i always want to know in the big 10 um it is it is a tune-up game you don't want knock on wood you really don't want anybody to get hurt and you, but you want to go out there. You want to shake the rust off of your bye week, and you want to go and have a good, successful game. And uh, you know, I've been uh, getting asked. I'm, I'm sure you get asked this question. You know, what do you think? What do you think? And after you know these first three games, I'm really optimistic. You know, Tom said he's changing his tune on on wins and losses. Not that we're ever tremendously. Unoptimistic. Oh, yes. Well, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I were you were you six and six or seven no, and five? I was eight and four. Okay. Anyway, um, I wasn't. For those who would like to go back, I was ten and two. Yes. Um, and so, nevertheless, it's. I am still optimistic. I think I was got a really good football team, and Norm Parker was a humorous, unappreciated assistant coach. Phil Parker is an incredibly intense. With a foul mouth, defensive coach. Which is amazing that, when you when you interview him, he talks like this. And he's I know, he's whispering like this, and you're like, how could that guy? But he is. He's just he's a. He's well, a, the, there was a video of him when I was, the Big Ten Network was there, and, and one of his ex players is like, oh, I see Coach Parker's dialed it back today <laughs> with the mic on. Yeah, yes. So, but but you think about it, having those two guys run your defense in the Kirk Ferentz tenure has been a huge thing um oh absolutely and you know and parker was the first guy that I, that kirk ferentz was able to hire i remember and i remember thinking okay this guy looks like he's got a pretty good resume oh well i remembered you know, him then, i remembered him at michigan state right then you watched what he was doing so i remember the first year it looked like teams were just walking through us right and i'm thinking well what's he well got? they were one in eleven well He's playing gap control with a bunch of guys who are too slow to do it, right? And a bunch of guys who can't do it. Too slow, too small. End of the remember, but it was the end of the second year. End of the second year, suddenly they just stood up, and boom, they beat Northwestern, who's ranked in the top ten at home. They went on the road to Minnesota, who's ranked in the top twenty-five. Took them to the, to, to the end. They they won at Penn State in overtime, and suddenly you saw it, and it was, and Norm Parker had changed the entire look of the entire Iowa defense. It was. It was nuts. And Phil Parker has carried that on, and it's not tremendously well, when you different. S- and you start to look in the NFL and you see the of number he played of. played for, for him at Michigan State. Sorry. Yeah. And you see the number of defensive backs that have come out of the University of Iowa, and you see the number of defensive players um, that, that have come out of the University of Iowa who are playing in the league. It 
it's a testament to to Phil, um, particularly in what he's done. And I, uh, frankly, I think he is extraordinarily underappreciated. Never looked for a head coaching job, as far as we know. There was something last year where somebody, which which school in the SEC offered him a. A, a, D, a, D, a defensive coordinator job. Yes. Right. And he was like, screw you. I'm yeah, not, not why, doing that. Yeah, why, am I do, why would I leave here for that? Right. And so, I mean, because that guy's probably going to get fired anyway in the next four years. Um, so, nevertheless, I just think that's a, a real testament there. So, you know, I'm excited about the rest of the season. I'm excited to go over on Saturday, even though we are playing Middle Tennessee State. I, I'm concerned about a slow start. I, I hope that they can come out. You know, because I don't, I can't see the fans being in a boiling, you know, nope. super excitement at eleven oh one kickoff. I, I'm taking my grandson. You know why? Because it's, it's going to be a subdued type. Well, and and because I won't have if I have to monkey around with my four and a half year old grandson sitting there. Right. I'm not going to get upset because I'm not watching this intense game. Right. It's the one game of the year I'm bringing him to. Right. It's not like when Matt and Andrew were that age and we would take them; they were into it, right? right. I mean, this is his first one, right? So, but it's, it's so. You, here's what Kirk pointed out today, and I do remember this. So, 2009, when Iowa won, you know, we went nine and zero, and then ended up, uh, you know, winning the Orange Bowl. First game, of course, was that UNI famous game. Everybody forgets. Third game, Arkansas State came in. A very fair to Midland, Arkansas. Twenty-eight State. to twenty-one or something. It, it was a close game. We were behind a good chunk of it. With that team that went nine and zero, it can happen. Well, they, North you know, Dakota State came in and, and beat Iowa after Iowa had beaten Iowa State, and I think he maybe even had a bye. And not that North Dakota State's not a very good program, obviously. You know, in the F's, whatever they are, Division One, One A, One Double A, football yeah. championship series. Yeah. yeah, they're amazing, but Iowa should beat them, um, and. That was a bit of a shock to the system. See, the the hope is is that the coaching staff has got the players' minds focused. The bye week you have to think has helped a bit in that in that regard, so that they can they can come. They're going to be you know they practice their own stuff and then they go on. It's time for our last call. As I'm watching the clock here, and I don't want you to get shut out again because that happened last I, week. I, I was going to do Missouri and South Carolina because I went and took that game in. Right. I would have been right. South Carolina is god-awful, by the way. I'm going to go first and keep this streak alive. I'm going to take the Hawks. I'm with Tom Kicker. I do believe that I was going to cover the number. And honestly, I think we're going to put up some points this week. I got got the Hawks like 44 to 17. It's optimistic. What's the weather supposed to be like? I don't know. Throw the football around. Are you going to run? I think Iowa. I think Iowa does exactly what they've done in these uh, these first two home games. Uh, myself in this in this one, yeah. I, I don't. I just think they're going to get. A, they're going to score a few less. I think they're they're still going to be in that. It's going to be a thirty-four to. Boy, I don't even see Middle Tennessee State scoring very much in this. I really don't. Uh, maybe if they again, maybe if the defensive backs make a big mistake here and there, but uh, I just don't see it as much. And I, I I think with the way that they've had to play with a bunch of new personnel. They'll they'll find ways to dial up a little bit of pressure on Stanley and keep Iowa down, but I got thir- I got thirty eight. I like seventeen. Seventeen's about right. Maybe no 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 no. That's ridiculous. I'm gonna go. Then on. they don't even cover. Right. Well, maybe they don't cover. I got thirty eight. 14, so they cover 24, right? Oh, How's my that? good Lord. That's exact, well, that's the exact number, isn't it? It's pretty darn close. 
Yeah. That's all right. Well, hey, I can do that every once in a while. Yeah, and is yeah. It, he, I can say Vegas is right. He, right. Let's stand and take it aside right before, where the number lies. Before we get out of here, I will tell you this. I walked out of the Iowa State game, and granted, I'd had a few pops by the time I got out of there. But I said to our friend, our friend Andy Gurkin, I said, there's some reminiscence here to the way this team plays to 2015. And the reminiscence for me is just that they do – the right things to win football games, and it's it's a it's a matter of not making as ma- so many mistakes. They want they didn't make mistakes. Right. It's a matter it's a matter of of the old Hayden Fry scratch where it itches. Right. You find a way, and sometimes when you find a way, that breeds itself into a superior level of confidence. And by the end of that 2015 season, they're a really confident football team. Well, there's no and question they this, were confident. They, they were, and not not just because they were good, but like there were some closer games against not great teams in there at the end of the year. It was never a question, and I think that's where we're going with this team right now. Is I I, I think if they can get, they can just kind of keep getting some things under their belt, like. They go to Michigan 4-0 next week. I don't think they're going to be at all nervous about that. No, I don't think so either. And they get that one. I don't think they're at all nervous about Penn State. Right. Right? So it's coming, man. I think it's coming. I, I agree with you. All right. Well, we'll check it out next week. We'll be here at G-Mix. You can dial us up at uh, 1700 The Champ. 6 o'clock next week. The Hawkeye Hello. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. Talk to you next week.